0: Welcome to the Making Marketing Simple podcast, the no BS, straight talking business podcast for rockstar female business owners in the wedding industry. I'm your host, Rachel McQuaid, marketing mentor and coach. Inside these episodes I'll be sharing fundamental tools, tips and marketing techniques in my trademark no BS way so you can get straight to the juicy action taking that is going to attract and sign your dreamy premium clients with ease and support you in having a whale of a time along the way. Good morning my lovely. Oh my gosh, it has been a minute since I've sat down with this microphone to record a podcast episode for you. Honestly, it has been, it's been wild. <laughs> that's that's the only, the only word I can use to sum up the last couple of months. It's been wild. So if you don't follow me on Instagram and you haven't seen the news just yet, I am currently 16 weeks pregnant at the time of recording this. Um, and it's not been the easiest of first trimesters to say the least. So I wanted to just record this episode to catch you up on what's been going on, not just from a kind of storytelling point of view. Um, This isn't just me going to tell you about everything I've done for the last three months, which actually is not a great deal. Um, But I really wanted to just share some of the things that have come up for me while navigating this new season of my life in transitioning into motherhood and Managing a business and future planning for that business and all the things. So it's going to be a long one. I'm not going to lie. So I hope you're on a long car journey or on a nice sunny dog walk or sat down with your favourite drink in a comfy spot because I have got a lot to share. Um, I've tried to keep things concise where I can, but there has been so much to navigate and so many lessons, so many shifts and just so much that has happened in the last three months since finding out about my pregnancy. So it's going to be a juicy one. It's definitely going to be a juicy one. Um, So let's just crack on. So I put a question box on my Instagram stories last week and so many of you dropped in questions there, which was great to see because it's really kind of shone a light on how little this gets talked about. When I first found out I was pregnant, I shit my pants. I'm not going to lie not physically, but you know, I was like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? Of course I was so excited as well, but I had no idea where to begin. And honestly, I am just so grateful. And I want to shout out my incredible business coach, Abby, because she has been like, my rock (laughs) through these last three months, personally and professionally. And it also helps massively that she herself is pregnant too. So she has been able to just share so much with me. And that's why I really wanted to make this podcast episode. And I want to just be as transparent as I possibly can. So thank you so much for everyone who sent in their questions and, you know, drop me a DM and just really opened up about this, this topic and how they feel about this topic because, yeah, we don't talk about this stuff enough. And the first question that I want to start with, which is kind of starting at the beginning, is were you trying to get pregnant? Now, as many of you will know, I was planning on getting married in March 2024 I am now due in February 2024. Um so I'll talk a bit a little bit about the wedding plans and stuff like that. Cause I know a lot of you guys are interested in that when I pop that question box up. But to answer this question, were we trying? The answer is yes and no. So I, to give you a bit of context, I came off birth control nearly two years ago now for a number of reasons. Um, it Basically, it was just fucking with me. Um, I also have PCOS, which is polycystic ovary syndrome, and I also have a partially collapsed fallopian tube. I feel like we know each other so much better now. <laughs> um, but all of these things basically meant that, in all honesty, I always thought that pregnancy would... Conventional pregnancy and conventional, um, you know, family building would be off the cards for me. And actually, before I got with Sam, my current partner and fiance, I never wanted kids. I never saw myself as a mother. I always saw myself as someone who would be successful in business and would travel the world and would do all of these things, but I never envisioned myself as a mum as being a mum to a human being um but since being with sam we have always talked about having children about growing a family in whatever way that looks like as i said you know we didn't know that we would be able to get pregnant conventionally i don't want to say naturally but like conventionally um but we've always talked about building a family so it yes this was very much in our plan was it in our plan for right now in this time of our lives of planning a wedding not really I'm not gonna lie but that doesn't mean that we're any less excited any less grateful any less in amazement at you know what has happened and the the situation that we are now in and we're so we're both so excited our families are so excited for us and yeah it's just incredible um So yeah, that kind of answers the where we try and question. The next question was, how did you know you were pregnant? Did you have any early symptoms? So I, even though I have polycystic ovary syndrome and all the kind of things that I talked about previously, um, I was still very regular each month. I had missed my period by about, I think it was about four days, um, three or four days. And it, we were actually away on holiday the weekend before. Um, so when we got back on the Tuesday, I still hadn't come on. So I was like, right, I'm just going to do a test, just going to do a test. And I had one in the bathroom cabinet, cabinet? cupboard, cabinet. Um, and I ha- the only other symptom I had looking back now was I had really, really sore boobs, but this was, this was something that was pretty normal for me. I always got sore boobs when I was about to come on, so I didn't really think anything of it. So I took a test, and I literally peed on the stick. I feel like TMI. I should have done a TMI. Um, <laughs> what's it called? A warning uh, at the start of this, but we're going to get to know each other so much better. So just just embrace it, guys. So I peed on the stick, and I literally left it on the side and forgot about it. I done it in the morning, came back into the bedroom, got dressed, you know, done my skincare, done everything. In fact, I think I actually went downstairs, <laughs> made my breakfast, ate my breakfast, um, fed Freya, you know, like did all the things. And then, okay, so probably about 45 minutes passed. And then I realized, oh yeah, the pregnancy test. So I went back upstairs, checked the test. And I just thought it would be negative. Like all the other tests that I'd taken before, it would be negative. And it wasn't, it said positive. So the, f- the first thing that I did was text my best friend and said, holy shit, I think I'm pregnant. <laughs> and she said, well, what do you mean you think you're pregnant? I said, well, I've got a positive pregnancy test. And she went, well, I think that means you are pregnant, Rach. And had a bit of a freak out anyway, took another test I ended up taking a third test the following morning, just to be sure, because that's how in in disbelief I was. Um, And then I kind of went about my day. I actually, that was the day that I started this podcast. I recorded the first couple of episodes. I set it up and it was just the most beautiful distraction for me because in that moment, when I tell you there was a whole cocktail of emotions going around my head and through my body Excited, scared, sick, glad, worried—you know all these different feelings and all these different thoughts. And I actually want to read you. Um, I actually wrote in my journal that morning. <laughs> I want to read you this journal prompt, this journal entry, because it it. As I read through it now, I can still remember the feelings that I, you know, I can bring myself straight back to that that moment of writing this. So the journal entry starts: Holy shit! I think I'm pregnant. I say, I think, the test says I am. I can't tell what I feel right now. Excited, scared, worried, glad, all of the above. I just keep going round and round with all these questions in my head. Number one, what about the wedding? Number two, what about Sam? Number three, can I actually do this? Number four, am I ready? Number five, is anyone ever ready? Number six, where do I even begin? (laughs) And number seven, is this real? And you know, that that just in itself sums up the feeling that I had. Um, and it was a real cocktail of emotions. So that that was kind of the morning. That was like seven, eight o'clock in the morning. Went about my day, created a load of bo- podcast episodes, and then when Sam got home from work that night, I told him, I showed him the pregnancy tests, and then I went on a call with a client. <laughs> I had a call booked in with Charlotte. If you're listening to this Charlotte, that was the day I found out. Um and it was straight after telling him. So I literally he came home from work, I told him, and then I jumped on a call. And honestly, it, it makes me laugh now because I just think, do you know what? That is so rage. Like <laughs> someone else probably would have cancelled their calls for the day cancelled their work for the day and just kind of like sat in the feelings and sat in the news and you know all these things and I was like no no I I need to talk to my clients right now I need the the distraction because I just couldn't work out these thoughts and everything that was swimming around in my head so that's kind of the the story of where we try in how I found out um, and I then just want to kind of bring you through a bit of a timeline so without going through like a play by play of every week and every month um i'll first of all want to talk about those early days because the, co- the the thing that that really got me was the mixture of emotions between oh my god i'm so excited i'm so grateful this is an incredible thing i never thought this would happen i i never imagined myself being pregnant ever um it was something I'd always hoped for, but I'd never really been able to actually visualize it happening like me walking around with a bump and, you know, it, it just never felt real to me. So there was that kind of feeling of, oh my God, as well as the positive emotions of I'm so grateful, this is incredible. Um, but also the feeling of shit, what do I do now? Like now what? And I just wanted to really share that because it's not always finding out you're pregnant is not always like this joy filled moment where you know you you jump for joy and you're so excited and your partner's there with you and you know these these amazing scenes that we see on like TikTok announcement videos and and movies and films and stuff the cocktail of emotions is wild it is absolutely wild and I really just wanted to kind of bring awareness to that because that was something that I felt so much guilt around and it's taken me a hot minute, shall we say, to really kind of sit in those emotions and the the kind of duplicity between those emotions and and the mix of being so excited but so scared and so anxious and so nervous and, you know, all these things. And I mean, I found out I was pregnant when I was three weeks pregnant. So it was so, so early. And I am typically quite an anxious person anyway. I do tend to have anxious thoughts, especially when big things like this come up in life. And, you know, I was really freaked out, really freaked out. I... I just didn't know whether this was actually going to last, you know, and that sounds awful and, but it's true, you know, it was so early on that I had no idea what was going on, what what my body was supposed to be doing, what I was supposed to be doing, you know, am I eating the right things? Am I doing the right things? Should I be exercising? Should I stop exercising? You know, can I still work? when I have a child, you know, all these future anxiety inducing thoughts coming through. Um, You know, even to the point where, and again, this might be TMI, but like even to the point where like going to the toilet, I'd be like, oh my God, is there blood? Like, is, is everything okay? You know, like all these kinds of things. And it wasn't really until, (laughs) until about a week ago that I noticed those thoughts coming away. And that was really because I've started to feel a few flutters and we've been having regular checkups because I have been really struggling with morning sickness which I'll go into in in a minute um but yeah it was really it was a really freaky time an amazing time don't get me wrong and I don't want to cre- create a negative story around this but I also just want to be really open and honest and authentic with you in saying that it's not always how it seems in the films and in the movies and on Instagram and and all of that kind of thing. Um so I've got a few entries here of like notes that I put on my phone. So week I've got week 5 still a little freaked out but the news is settling in. Sickness has started and the midwife has said it may be twins. More freakouts from there. Spoiler alert guys, it's not twins, don't worry. <laughs> Um, leaning into work when it feels good focusing on my non-negotiables and supporting clients forgetfulness and tiredness were the main ones as well as bloating and being so hungry yes oh my god so in those first like I'd say the first eight weeks before my morning sickness really kicked in I was so fucking hungry oh my god like I would literally finish a meal and then be like okay what else can I eat (laughs) And I've never been like that. Like I'm a foodie, don't get me wrong, but geez, like that was another level. And it makes so much sense because obviously my body was, I think at that point, my body was like growing the placenta and growing like fingernails and stuff. And it was wild, but yeah, that was crazy. So forgetfulness and tiredness, yeah, was definitely a thing. And that was really difficult for me because I, I mean, I love a list anyway, but the thought of like having to check and double check what I'd done and like sending voice notes to my clients and, and getting brain fog halfway through. And, you know, this is the perfect point as well to shout out to my incredible, incredible clients for being so understanding and just so incredible through this time because it's it's not been the easiest of roads at all to navigate. Um, and having my incredible clients there and being so understanding has, has helped so much. So, yeah. I love you guys so much if you're listening. Um the other symptom that I had early on as well were my boobs were huge. I mean, I've not got a small chest anyway naturally, but yeah, it was it was wild. <laughs> it was wild. Um so those were kind of the the earlier symptoms. Um then moving on to like I would say like 8 to week 8 to week 14 or 15 the sickness really ramped up. Now, obviously I was expecting morning sickness. It's the one thing that, you know, everyone knows is associated with pregnancy. Funnily enough, some women don't actually get morning sickness. Um, you lucky, lucky ladies. Um, but I was not prepared for what was coming at all. Um, I think around week eight, let me just get my notes up again. Um, So, I think around week eight was when the sickness really ramped up. Um, Where are we? Yes, yes. So, week eight. Week nine. um, Yeah, week nine was really where it it ramped up. And I... Also, week nine was when I got a real wave of negative emotions, I would say. Um, I was feeling so sick at this point that I was literally saying to Sam, like, I don't think I can do this. I'm, I remember saying to him, I am not a good pregnant person. I'm not good at being pregnant. And I am so grateful to him for being the most incredible support and the most incredible partner through this. And that's how I just know he's going to be the I'm going to get emotional saying this now. (laughs) That's how I just know he's going to be the most incredible dad, because I was literally in floods of tears saying, you know, I just want this to end. Like, not the pregnancy, but I just want this feeling to end. Like, I can't do this. I can't feel this way. And it was at that point in week nine where I was really starting to see that I couldn't show up in my business. I couldn't, you know, I was showing up for clients, but not in the way that I wanted to or in the way that I was used to doing. You know, I really had to start stripping things back. Um, you know, it, it, this is when it really started to tail for me. And it again, it was that duplicity of emotions, that mix of emotions where I felt like utter shit and just wanted that feeling to end. And then I also felt this guilt for not feeling grateful for being pregnant. And I knew deep down I was so grateful. I was still so grateful for what was happening and that this was, you know, this incredible thing was happening to us. But it's so fucking hard to feel grateful when you feel like utter crap. Um, you know, like it got to the point I put here week, week nine plus three days vomiting in the morning again after a plain slice of bread, you know, and it's, it's just wild. It's wild. But I also knew, and I had to keep telling myself at this point, your body is doing what it needs to do, you know, and I, that was, <laughs> that was literally my daily mantra was your body is doing what it needs to do. And, it's such a annoying thing to say to someone when they're feeling like shit. Is like, oh, well, you know, it means that you're doing the right thing. No one wants to hear that when their head's down the toilet, right? <laughs> but it's so true, you know, and it, the fact that I was feeling so sick meant that my body was doing what it needed to, needed to do because it meant that everything that my baby needed in that time, it was getting because I had nothing left. And this is just the start of like, my child draining the life out of me. (laughs) But honestly, like it was wild. And then moving on to week 10, I started to have small bursts of energy, but then was followed by total exhaustion. Um, I wasn't actually sick in week 10. But I had really, really high nausea. Um, So literally, like opening the fridge would make me want to throw up like I was gagging quite a lot. Like it was just Yeah, it wasn't nice. Um, And then I have put here week 10 plus three. Worked for four to five hours today nonstop with no breaks and felt good, but ended the day with a headache. Dehydrated or too much screen time, not too sure. Um, So, yeah, that was kind of... It was a week where I was like, okay, I can do this. Like, this is okay. Week 11, again, some energy back, but tired. Still really nauseous in the morning. Sensitive to smells um, and a few bouts of sickness. And then... (laughs) Week 12 and 13, oh boy. So I was thinking, okay, week 12, first trimester, done. Ticked it off, smashed it, well, kind of smashed it, got through it, fine. Pff, no. <laughs> so week 12 and 13, my sickness really hit a new level to the point where I could not keep anything down. Um, Week 13, I... By the end of my 13th week of being pregnant, I could not hold anything down to the point where I was actually admitted to hospital. Um, I'd been going backwards and forwards to the doctors, to my GP, um, throughout that week, just because I was conscious that I wasn't keeping anything down. I could feel... Symptoms of dehydration coming in. I was getting really bad headaches. My vision was starting to go blurry. Um, I was so exhausted, so tired. Like, I just had no energy. I've written down here like, my legs feel like lead. I couldn't even, you know, like walking up the stairs was like walking up Everest. It was mad. Um, so, I'd been back and forth to the doctors, and they had said, okay, we can see from blood tests and urine tests that you are dehydrated and your body is also going into what's called starvation mode. So basically your body is feeding off of its energy reserves and fat reserves instead of feeding off of food. So that was a little bit worrying. And obviously that then brought up some of those anxiety thoughts again of, oh my God, is my baby okay? Why is my body not doing what it needs to do? But actually, and I I said this to my mum actually, and she said, "Rach." your body is doing what it needs to do. Your body knows that it's not getting the energy it needs to, to fuel you and to fuel your baby from your food because you're not holding any food down. So your body is doing what it needs to do because it's kicked in and said, right, we're not getting energy from food. Let's Let's use up some of this stored energy. And at that point at week 13, so between weeks four and 13, I lost a stone in weight, which I don't think, I don't think I was concerned about at the time because it made sense. But looking back now, that's really, really scary. And I don't think I gave myself enough credit for how scary that actually was. Um, because, you know, everyone always says, you oh, you're eating for two, you know, you start putting on weight and stuff like that and that's typically how people know that they're pregnant is they start putting on a bit of weight and I was doing the opposite and I kind of thought well if if I'm losing weight then what's happening to my baby like is my baby growing is is everything okay with them you know and so eventually I I got admitted to hospital on I can't remember if it was the Saturday or the Sunday it was over the weekend anyway and um They were amazing. The hospital staff were incredible. They took me straight up to the ward, put me on a drip, um, got a really, really painful injection (laughs) of anti-sickness medication in my bum, which would not recommend, but it did really help. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, And I had to stay in overnight so they could keep an eye on me. They were concerned that my blood pressure was going quite high. I'm typically someone who has low blood pressure, so that was of concern. Um, But yeah, they were incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, And after being there for a while, having drips, having different medications and things like that, I started to feel a little bit more human. I stopped being sick. I stopped feeling as sick. There was still a bit of nausea and stuff, but I started to feel okay. So I was able to come home and try to get back to some kind of normality. So putting that in perspective, that was about two weeks ago at the time of recording this. Um, That was sort of week 14 and I'm now going into week 17. So yeah, a couple of weeks ago now. And at the time of recording this, I feel good (laughs) which I've not been able to say in a while and it's weird because I don't know if I feel good compared to how crap I have been feeling or if I feel good on a normal rage level good but either way I'm confident in saying I feel good and it's it's been wild it has been wild as you probably gathered from from what I've said so far and I just wanted to kind of also touch on some of the shifts and some of the challenges that have come up throughout that time and as a result of those physical symptoms what's what's kind of been going on behind the scenes in my business behind the scenes in my brain um and just kind of share some of the things that that have come up because whether you're pregnant right now or not um whether you're planning a family or not whether you already have children you know regardless of your situation I'm sure that there are things that you can relate to in what I'm about to share. So the first thing for me really was navigating the identity shifts and navigating this new identity to add to my life and add to my list and add to to who I am as a person. And as I said at the start, you know, before getting with Sam, before we, we started our relationship, I never saw myself as being a mum. It was never something that I envisioned. It It was never on my like 10 year plan or anything like that. And it was only since getting with Sam and over the last three, four years of us being together that that I've really been able to see, you know, I could start a family with this person and I could actually be a good mum and I could enjoy being a mum and being a parent. But when you actually see that positive those that word pop up on a pregnancy test you add another job role to your list even before your baby's born you add a job role to your list because your body is now carrying and feeding this new life and honestly like one of the biggest shifts I have I've experienced in this time is like how fucking amazing are our bodies. You know, even as I said before, you know, my body knew to go into starvation mode because it wasn't getting the energy it needed for me and for my baby. It knew to start feeding off of itself, you know, like wild, absolutely wild what our bodies can do and what we as women can do. And it's just really deepened my appreciation, my love, my passion, my drive to let women know how incredible they are like even if you don't get pregnant even if it's not on your radar at all like I said this isn't just about birthing a child this is like how fucking amazing are we (laughs) like look what we're capable of doing it's insane and it blows my mind every day like when I check on my app and see like oh today you're growing a nervous system. Tomorrow you're going to grow hair and eyebrows. And, you know, it's like, fuck, I'm doing that while I'm sat watching Sex in the City. Like, <laughs> what? You know, it's just mad. But going back to those identity shifts, it was really something that I struggled with. And I am still navigating through, I think, to an extent, is how much weight I put and how much importance I put on my work and my career and, you know, where I get to in life, whether that is, you know, a job title that I, I achieve or, you know, a financial goal or, you know, a recognition, a level of recognition, you know, whatever it is, that was always the biggest thing for me. And when I found out that I was pregnant, it was almost like a, oh my God, I've got, I've got a, stop that, you know, I've got to push that aside. And I've now got this new hat to wear, you know, I've got this new hat to wear that is mum. And can I juggle it all? And, you know, that's a question that I'm going to continue asking myself, I'm sure for the next 50 years of my life. Because we've always got things to juggle. We've always got new things coming into our lives. We've obviously not sometimes as big as creating a human, but there's always things that come in and things that pull our focus and things that are going to distract us, maybe isn't the right word, but you know, things that are going to pull our focus away from what we thought was our priority. But it doesn't mean that it's wrong. You know, I can still be, and this is something that really I've just sort of a conclusion I've come to over the last week or so, I would say, is that I can still aspire to be successful in business. I can still love and live for the work that I do while still living for the family that I'm creating and still live for the memories that we're going to make together you know and actually it's give, again getting emotional saying this but it's it's given a whole new meaning to wanting to create a successful business and create a successful life for myself because it's so much bigger than me now you know it's when i first started out it was about me and then it was about my clients and then it was about the impact in the industry And now it's about something so much bigger than that. And all those things are still important. I still want my business to be successful so that I can feel good and I can feel fulfilled. I still want my business to be successful for my clients so I can support them and and empower them to create the businesses that they have always dreamed of having and doing it in a way that suits them and in a way that feels good for them. And I can still do it to support my family and the life that we want to live and all these amazing things that we want to do, you know, and it doesn't have to be one or the other. And that's something that I am still navigating, but feels so much more real now than it ever did before. Because as I said, when I saw that pop up on that pregnancy test, my one of my first initial thoughts was shit you know, I wanted to be a millionaire by the time I was 30 years of age. Why can't I still do that? I've got three years. Why can't I still do that? One of my lifelong goals, and I don't know if I've shared this with you guys on this on this podcast, one of my lifelong goals is to be on The Apprentice as one of Alan Sugar's advisors, right? Like one of the people that sits at the end and rips people's business plans to shit. I would love to be one of those people one day in a nice way, <laughs> Why can't I still do that? You know, and there's what's really, really helped me in this is finding examples and finding almost like case studies of people who are proving every single day that they can do more than one thing. You know, our brains are incredible. Our capacity for learning is insane. Our capacity for adapting and overcoming is insane. So even if it's not you know, and this isn't case studies and examples of, of people, of, of women who have grown businesses while having a child. That's not what I'm doing at all. Because as I said, this isn't just about pregnancy. This is about, you know, finding examples of people <coughs> who have overcome who have balanced? Who have juggled? Who have worn all the different hats and still managed to smash it? Still managed to make a success of life. So that was really one of the biggest things for me around identity, and one of the biggest shifts that I've that I've been through, and I'm still coming through, but feel like I'm I'm through the worst of that. Um, and another thing which I found really interesting, and I shared this on my Instagram stories today, was. This morning was the first time, so I'm recording this on the 8th of September, this was the first time that I'd actually sat down to write in my journal since finding out I was pregnant. So I found out I was pregnant on the 14th of June and I have not been able to write in my journal since then. So that is, what, three months? And the reason that I... The, the reason that I've not been able to kind of pick up my journal and to really just vent in the way that I usually would with my journal and, and my journal in practice was out of fear and out of exhaustion because I knew that I wouldn't be able to process the emotions that I was feeling and I knew that as I started writing those down, first of all, there was a fear that was coming up because I would have to confront them because they're there in black and white instead of just in the in the back of my head and pushing them further and further back in my head. But also an exhaustion around not, not being able to process those emotions. Like obviously my body was physically tired, but I was energetically and emotionally zapped for a good month at least while I was going through that really heavy bout of, of sickness and you know, doctor's visits, hospital, all that kind of stuff, like, I was fucked, (laughs) and I just didn't have the capacity to be able to open that Pandora's box, and that's how it really felt, was, it was Pandora's box, and if I opened it, the floodgates would open, and then what do I do with all of that? So, Again, this is really where having a coach and having a support system around me has been so instrumental in, in moving through this. Because, yes, I've not had my journal and, and my journaling practice to, to lean on as I usually would when navigating things like this and big feelings and big shifts and, and that sort of thing. But I have had a support system and a support network, and that has been my coach, it's been the girls in the mastermind group that I'm in, it's been Sam, it's been my mum, it's been our friends, and I have been able to not fully step into those emotions, but I've had space created for me to be able to lean in and lean out when I needed to, and that's the that's the best way that I can describe it, is... <clears throat> being able to just lean in, feel the feeling and say, okay, I know I need to address this, but I don't have capacity to address this right now. So I'm going to lean out. And when I'm ready, I'm going to come back to it. And that's really what that journaling exercise was this morning. For the first time in three months was looking at things from almost from a bird's eye view now, because I am coming out of this sickness. I am coming out of that that draining energy and you know all those negative things is being able to look at things with context because when you're in that feeling and again this is something that I'm sure you can relate to in day-to-day life and in day-to-day business life is when you're in that feeling it's very very hard to see a way out especially when you're in that feeling on your own and this is why I will always have a coach especially at the moment while I'm navigating all of this stuff, I will always have a coach and I will always support my clients as their coach in this capacity because even if it's not necessarily an issue in your business, if it's an issue in your life that's affecting your mindset, it's affecting how you show up, it's affecting how you feel about yourself and the confidence that you have in showing up and in doing what needs to be done, it needs to be addressed, but there is ways and means of addressing it. And it's really about just giving yourself the space to breathe, let the emotion, let yourself feel the emotion to whatever extent you're comfortable with, and then also giving yourself room to move through it. And I have not really had the capacity to move through those emotions and through those feelings and, and through everything that has happened in the last three months until now so that that was another thing that was really big for me was you know not having that journaling practice to lean on but finding other ways to lean on things as well and finding ways to just acknowledge the emotions acknowledge the things that are going on but not allow myself to be consumed by them purely out of fear out of exhaustion and also not wanting to accept that this pregnancy is real because it was, there was such a fear there around, if I accept that this is real and I accept that this actually could happen, I could carry this baby full term, give birth and then raise this child. That's a huge thing to accept, you know, and I had a huge fear around accepting that because I didn't want to tempt fate. And so often I see us as women do this in business as well, where, we don't want to fully lean into the possibility of what could happen in case it doesn't. And again, another mantra that I would constantly say to myself in those really, really dark times and those really, really low times of, of sickness and, and all of that stuff that was going on was like, yeah, but what if it does? What if it does work out? What if I do carry this baby to full term? What if I do give birth to this child and they are the most beautiful, healthy, incredible human being in the world? What if, like, what if that happened? And it's exactly the same in business. And I say this to my clients all the time to the point that they are probably sick of hearing me say it. It's like, yeah, but what if it does work out? What if you do reach out to that person? What if you do reach out to that venue and they do want you on their supplier list? Then what? What? What if you do go on that course that extends your expertise and you do get more clients off the back of it? What, what's the worst that could happen? What if it does all work out? And that's something that I've really had to keep telling myself and having, having my support system and having my coach there in the background to keep reminding me of that has just been so instrumental. So again, huge shout out to my coach because she is just incredible. Um, the next thing that I wanted to talk about, and the, another question that was coming up quite a lot, was what's going to happen with your wedding? <laughs> Great question, guys. <laughs> so, as I said at the start, we were supposed to get married in March 2024. We had near enough paid for our wedding. We'd got all our suppliers booked, we'd done everything. You know, we were just sort of like tying up the loose ends and uh, just kind of like paying things as we went. Um, That's not happening now, (laughs) for obvious reasons. I'm due um, in February, at the end of February. And so getting married a month later just was not feasible for us whatsoever. Plus financially as well, you know, we have got... Babies need a lot of stuff. And financially, we just said, look, there's no way that we can spend five figures, you know, a high, high five figures on our wedding and still be able to survive and get our baby everything that they need and put money away for my maternity leave because obviously being self-employed, if I don't work, I don't earn essentially. Um, So we have decided to put our wedding on hold for now, which I am absolutely fine with. A lot of people have kind of said to me, like a lot of family members and friends, when we've told them that we're postponing the wedding, you know, obviously they've been really excited because first and foremost, we're postponing because we're having a baby. Um, But there's always been this kind of, oh, but are you a bit gutted that you're not going to get the wedding that you planned? And yes, to an extent, I am a little bit sad because we are not going to have the wedding that we'd initially planned. Um, But that's absolutely fine because we're going to have the wedding that is right for us in this new season of our lives. And we're going to have our child there to see their mum and dad get married, for us all to have the same surname, to really become a family unit of our own. And that just makes me so excited and so happy. And I can't wait so we will be having a bit more of a pared down affair for our wedding ceremony and we are then going to be having a huge, huge party with all of our extended family, our friends. Um, yeah, it's going to be epic and obviously I will be sharing all the juicy details with you guys um, nearer to the time. But yes, we have postponed until 2025 um, and I'm so flipping excited (laughs) but in and amongst that and in and amongst like shifting the wedding plans and and navigating that whole thing obviously there was a a further level of anxiety because we couldn't really tell people and we didn't want to tell people until we'd had our 12-week scam which is what they sort of say to you is like you know that's like the safe point as such to be able to tell people that you're pregnant um so that was kind of, we were waiting for that and time was ticking on that and obviously the wedding was getting closer and there was this anxiety around like, what if people had already paid and what about our suppliers and, you know, when should we reschedule for? Can we still afford the wedding that we'd planned? Obviously we can't, um, you know, and all these kinds of things that were coming up and it really, really hit my people pleasing nerve on another level. So as I've shared with you guys on here before, I am a chronic people pleaser. I hate that I am, and I've tried my damnedest to not be, um, but I am. And so this really, I don't want to say triggered me because that makes it feel a little bit more extreme than it was, but this really brought up those people pleasing tendencies that I felt I had worked so hard to to push to one side. Um, and again, this really was just kind of tapping back into reminding myself that, no, we're doing the right thing for us. Our family and friends love us. They will understand why we're doing this. You know, everything is figure outable. And that's what I just kept telling myself is like, you know, things happen, these things, you know, and it was difficult because I couldn't help but feel like there was a bit of a gray cloud, um, over the baby news because everyone's next question was, well, what about the wedding? Um, And it is a perfectly valid question, Um, but it's just not how I imagined it or planned it. And that did get me down for a little bit. But we have now solidified our future wedding plans, our wedding version two, as we're calling it. And I'm so excited to share with you guys the process of that. And and like I said, to have our our little one there with us to see their mum and dad get married. So yeah, really excited about that. So the next thing I want to talk about and a lot of the other questions that you guys posted on Instagram was sort of around future planning and what this means for me moving forward, what this means for my business, how I am navigating and planning and and all of these kinds of things. So as I said, at the time of recording this, I am nearly 17 weeks pregnant. We actually find out the gender of our baby tomorrow. So keep an eye on Instagram um, for that. (laughs) But I finally today feel like I'm getting back to some kind of me and this is the most me that I have felt for I want to say at least two months and actually as I say that that's bullshit this is the most I've felt like me since finding out I was pregnant and I just also want to say like I am so proud of the momentum that I have built in my business over the last three years. Because when I found out, as I said before, when I saw that positive pregnancy test, I was so excited. But I was also like, fuck, what does this mean for me, for my business, for the growth plans that I had? You know, I had so much planned for over the summer and going into Q4 and being told that I could potentially..." have morning sickness and have some kind of sickness throughout my whole pregnancy because of the the severity of it, it's thrown everything into into chaos really. Um, But I'm so proud of the momentum that I've built in my business. And I really want to share this with you guys because while being in this hellhole of a first trimester, I still signed two new clients, two incredible dreamy new clients. I had a dream consultancy project land in my lap. Someone reached out on LinkedIn out of nowhere, and I was able to um, take on that opportunity. My audiences, my online audiences, have continued to grow. I've seen ups to. Courses and masterclasses that have been sat on my website for like six to 12 months now, and people have been signing up to those. So, my email list has been growing, my Instagram following has been growing. You know, all these things have been happening. I've had a number of inquiries on how to work with me one to one all through this period of my head being in the toilet. <laughs> and like, I remember I was actually laying in hospital and I had a DM from somebody saying that they wanted to inquire about working me one to one. And I had to laugh. Like I was sat there with Sam and I had to laugh because I was like, if only they knew. <laughs> and of course, like, I'm still me. I'm still the coach that I always have been. And actually, I would argue that I this whole process has, has made me a better coach and has made me a stronger coach and a mentor and support system for my clients because of all the things that I've navigated. Um, but it was just wild to me that I was literally laying in a hospital bed with a drip hanging out my arm, my bum stinging from having been jabbed with some anti-sickness medication. And there was an inquiry there. And I thought, this is how it gets to be you know, like, this is how it gets to be, and that's not because of anything that I had done in that moment, of course, like, I was laying in a freaking hospital bed, but it was because of all the the smaller things that I had done till that point, and this is such a huge lesson, and I've actually got an Instagram post coming out about this, and I go into a little bit more detail in the caption of that post, so definitely keep an eye out for that, but, you know, it's, momentum isn't built overnight, so it's also not lost overnight either. And that is so important. And another one of those things that I had to keep telling myself and keep reminding myself of was like, you have done so much to get this far. Three years of work has got me to where I am now. That's not going to be destroyed by three months, you know? And within that time, it's not as if I was doing nothing. I was still supporting my clients. I was still checking in on them. They were still seeing incredible, incredible results as as a result of the work that we were doing. You know, I was still showing up on socials. I was still posting where I could. Granted, I was repurposing a lot of my content because my brain capacity was just in the bin. Um, But I was still doing what I could. And that's all that I could keep telling myself was this is what is within my control. This is what I'm going to do this is all I can do, you know? And I just really wanted to share that with you in this episode, because momentum is something that gets thrown around so much. But if you're having a dip, if you're feeling in a bit of a lull, if summer didn't go to plan for you, if your inquiries aren't where you want them to be, if your bookings aren't where you want them to be, if you've got proposals sent out and you're being ghosted by potential clients, you know, as much as it feels so heavy right now, that is not a loss of momentum. Momentum is not lost overnight. So I really want to encourage you to just kind of sit in that and to appreciate that and then to also think, okay, if I can't do all the things now, what can I do? What is within my power? What is within my control? And then work on that. Um, The other thing I wanted to talk about is kind of future planning. So one of the questions on Instagram was, you know, what does this mean for your business moving forward? So I am currently working with my coach on creating a plan for kind of best case and worst case scenarios. So worst case is that this is, this sickness is here to last until the end of my pregnancy, which please guys cross everything for me that that is not the case. Um, It's being managed really well at the moment under medications and things. um, So I'm hoping that even if, worst case, it is here to stay, that, you know, I can still keep it under control with with medications and things like that throughout my pregnancy. Um, But we are planning some very, very exciting things. Um, So there's still... You know, I'm still taking on clients. I'm still working with existing clients. Nothing has changed in that respect and nothing will change in that respect. Um, my plans are to work until my due date as close as I possibly can um, and as close as I feel comfortable to. Then once baby gets here, which will be end of February, all being well, um, I'm going to take about four to six weeks completely off although I'm probably still going to be on socials because I, it just comes naturally to me. I love it. I love to share guys, share with you guys. Um, and then, so I'll be taking sort of like four to six weeks completely off and then I will have a phased return to work. So that will be a number of hours per week and then kind of building it up from there. So in those early days, it will mainly be um, WhatsApp support and um, messaging support content reviews and things like that. And then I will start to build it up to regular calls and things from there. So that's kind of my plan. Um, In terms of one of the questions was around maternity pay as well. So obviously as a self-employed individual, um, I don't get paid. (laughs) maternity leave um, as you would if you were in a full-time job but there, are, there is um, certain things that you can get from the government so I will be applying for those um, but I am also heavily relying on savings that we have we're very fortunate to have savings put away and I'm still putting away for those every month for my maternity leave so um, yeah if you've got any other questions on that I'm not the best person to give you financial advice <laughs> whatsoever um, but if you do have any questions or want any kind of insight into what that's going to look like for me if you're planning a family or if you are currently pregnant or if you just want to chat about it then I am an open book so you're more than welcome to drop me a dm on that. Um, but as I said, I do have availability to work with me now. It's pretty limited as you can imagine. So if you are interested in working together one-to-one before February, before I go on maternity leave, do get in touch over on Instagram or keep your eyes peeled very soon. Um, if you're on my Instagram or if you're on my email list, there's going to be two very new, very exciting group offerings launching very, very soon. Um, One is a free group challenge kind of vibe, which is going to be very exciting. And the other one is a high level paid group program slash mini mind. So if those are of interest, drop me a DM and let me know. Um, As I said, availability to work with me is very limited, obviously, with the current clients that I have. Um, I'm only going to be taking on a select few clients up until my maternity leave, but I am also taking on clients and pre-booking clients for when I get back from maternity leave as well. So if you know that you want to work together next year or moving into next year, then drop me a DM on Instagram. I'll leave all the details in the show notes and you can catch up with me over there. And I think at 55 minutes, (laughs) that is everything. (laughs) As I said at the start, there was so much that I could have gone into and so much that I wanted to share in this. And I really hope that it's been helpful for you guys. I hope it has been valuable for you to, first of all, gain an insight into what's been going on with me over the last couple of months, but also some of those shifts, I'm sure, pregnant or not, mother or not, you can relate to. Um, so I really hope that that's helped and I really hope that you've enjoyed this episode and that there's been something that you can take from it. So as I said, I'm an open book. So if you've got any questions on pregnancy, on running your business, on anything at all, anything marketing strategy, business growth related, drop me a DM on Instagram at Rach McQuaid. And I am more than happy to chat away about it all. Um, but I will leave you to the rest of your day after taking an hour of your time. I really hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget if you are listening to take a screenshot, share it to your Instagram and tag me. I always love to see what you guys are up to when you're listening to these episodes. It really makes me happy to kind of see you out on your dog walks or you in the gym or, you know, on car journeys. Obviously, if you're in a car, please don't take a picture right now. Um, unless you're the passenger. But yeah, be sure to tag me at Rach McQuaid, and I will see you guys soon for the next episode.